This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 18, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New for this year, 2017 opening day rosters, historic Negro League integration, run the ultimate what-if scenarios, tournaments, fall leagues, a redesigned injury system, an improved 3D game, real-time presentation, and game highlights, improved player morale, and team chemistry, and so much more. Out of the Park Baseball 18 has the full sleeper in the bust stamp of approval. We all play it and have for years. Even better, if you buy now through the Sleeper in the Bust podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, and just enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout to not only get a discount, but also help support the Sleeper in the Bust, indie sports video game development, and all the people who work to bring you the great game of Out of the Park Baseball 18. Once again, just go to ootpdevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER18 at checkout for a special discount and to support our show. Guys, I, I'm obsessed with this game. It is so much fun. Um, I played a lot of OOTP17. You guys have heard me talk about my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash pspore24. I was streaming my 17 franchise over there. I, I, I did a fantasy draft in 1995. I was able to get Ken Griffey Jr., and Pedro Martinez. I don't know what the computer was thinking there, uh, letting letting both of those guys get there. I took Pedro with my first pick, and then and then got Ken Griffey Jr. I haven't started my new eighteen one for um, for streams yet, but I'm going to. And I'm actually just gonna gonna start over. I, I I won the World Series that first year with the with the seventeen team, but I'm gonna start a new one. We'll do the draft at some point soon, so stay tuned for that. But out of the park is is just so much fun. You've heard me talk about. Uh, other baseball video games I like, they're, they're two different experiences. This is the sim, in-depth, management sort of deal, and then the other game is, is playing. So um, I absolutely love this game. One last time, ootpdevelopments.com. Sleeper18 is, is your discount code. Uh, that lets them know that we, that we sent you there, and they give you a little bit of uh, a little bit off the top as well. If you do play the game, let me know. Let me know what you're doing with it. Let me know what, uh, what team you're going with, whether you're starting historically or going from now. Uh, if you do the fantasy draft, hit me up on Twitter, at Spora. I love kind of seeing how people go because it, it doesn't just play out 100% to, to history. Things can change and you can have guys you know you can have a failed prospect that actually pans out for you so i I love seeing that stuff definitely hit me up there um and 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 thanks for supporting the show by by going to ootpdevelopments.com Welcome to episode 477 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Sunday, July 9th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, we've hit the all-star break. How's it going? It's going well. The uh, The Rays took three or four from the Red Sox. But what uh, else? What else? Uh, I'm in first place in Tout Wars. Attaboy. That's what and I'm I get to hold about. that. I get to hold that until Thursday night. And who are you just above? And while we're like, giving some love to the family here, just above Mike Pothorser, who has I mean, honestly been in first for like six weeks. He's, um, yeah, he's been holding it down. He lost Trout. He'll get Trout back. But you've been grinding all year. I mean, you and I've been talking through a lot of your moves. 
and uh, you're right there. I mean, I think you're going to give him a run for his money. It, it can't really lose as far as the Fangraphs team goes, but if you all finish 1-2, no offense, Mike, but I'm going for Jay. Yeah, I think we should. I, it, I mean, we're 20-something points ahead of everybody else. Uh, we should finish 1-2, which is kind of funny because he and I had, like, identical draft strategies. He spent 201 on hitting. I spent 199. I remember. Uh, you, you know, him, he, and Jeff, was it? Because you had two yeah, other people do your, your strategy. Yeah, Jeff's not doing so well. Um, but, yeah, Mike and I were really close on some things. The big difference, I mean, losing Trout uh, has allowed me to catch up to him. Uh, he also lost Matt Shoemaker and another pitcher. Um, oh, Nate Carnes. And I lost, you know, Aaron Sanchez, um, a couple other guys. I lost Matt Andres. I lost uh, Andrew Triggs. So I was able to overcome those t- uh, those types of guys. And keep and, in mind, this uh, is AL only for folks that are wondering. Yeah. You know, those those are actually legit losses. Andres was pitching well. Yep. Uh, Shoemakers was probably a, a you know pretty substantial piece to Mike's rotation. So those those pieces uh, actually and what, what helped and what didn't ha- you know what what helped him is when I lost Andres. He had picked up Faria the week before, and oh. so that you know, so I lose. He really gains yeah. uh, out of that, and because uh, I had Snell and uh, De Leon, and he picked up Faria, and this is before De Leon had gotten hurt uh, again. So, and I end up just cutting him uh, this weekend, actually. Um, so that's that's really how that's all shaken out. And then I traded uh, Cameron Maven to get Alex Cobb last week, and Cameron Maven's like one for. 20 something this week and wow, Alex Cobb. Cobb debuts with a with seven two-thirds shutout innings for me he's been getting better every bit we I know we've talked a lot about Alex Cobb but it's because he's been on yours and Eno's team so he's been kind of like pertinent and he's been a two-star guy and and low ownership so he's actually kind of come up a lot on the show not just because he's a Ray but because he's just been one of those guys that's available we've been kind of monitoring that change up I didn't see the whole game on Saturday when he goes, uh, what do you go, eight plus or, or seven, seven plus? Seven and two it? thirds. And, but it looked like it looked like that changeup just keeps getting better. And I think that's it, the it key is. for Cobb. But there was some loud contact in that game. Honestly, he had some sure. great defensive plays behind him. Uh, Echevarria. 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 He's been. Oh, man. I, whenever he's... I see y'all, uh, whenever I see the Rays, he's making plays. I, I don't he's... know about his hitting. And he's helping the pitching because of he's not hitting. I mean, he had the four hit game uh, when when my son and I were in Baltimore last Saturday. Uh, he had the four hit game in that one, uh, but he, overall he's not hitting. But man, he's making some plays, saving some runs behind him, uh, and he was a huge difference maker in that game alone. They don't win those game. They don't win that game without him making those two plays, and he's been making a play like that every game. Uh, and I don't care what he hits as long as he keeps playing defense like that because it was. Tim Beckham behind him, who was not making plays, uh, you know, wasn't making those types of like plays. A, you know, so. yeah, Beckham's hitting like league average. You know, he got like a 106 OPS plus, which is fine. But he's been hurt a bit. defense, yeah, he's on the yeah. 10 to ADL right now. Right. Yes, you're giving back the offense with Echeverria, but you're getting major plus defense, and that just that really helps the pitching. And so, yeah, th- this is a good team here. I keep seeing. Uh, the second I, I see a trade article of, of guys that could be traded that includes Chris Archer, I X out of it. These people that keep putting Rays in these trades, well, why the hell would the Rays trade any of their key components right now? Like they've been hanging around all year. I just don't. I mean, do you, do you see them trading anybody big like that? No, I mean, no chance, right? No, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Jake Odorizzi. He looks, he looks like crap. Uh, it just cannot pitch. It does not give them a chance to win ball games. Uh, and you see Brent Honeywell just shove it in the, oh. in the futures game today. Just Man, looks filthy. Sexy. 
And it may, it's just all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, why, you know, please call him up and put Oda Rizzi in the bullpen because they need bullpen Home runs have been too. a nightmare for Oda Rizzi right 13 now. 13 straight like, outings. 13 yep. straight outings with a home run. And just and one just... all year where he didn't, and it was a one-inning game. I don't know if it was a rain delay or an No, he got hurt. That's when he got hurt. Oh, yeah, uh, that was right Boston before his DL stint. And yeah. that's the only outing where Jake Odorizzi hasn't given up a homer. Anyway, we're not trying to do a rundown of the Rays here. but uh, Not know, Rays you, corner? Oh, it's man. not Rays corner right now. <laughs> but you are in first. Uh, I'm in first in my, my Rotowire Online Championship League right now. Having, having Hell yeah. a good, nice job. Uh, good first half here. Feeling good about some things. Uh, we're going to kind of bounce around. It's going to be different than the normal Saturday episode. Obviously, we didn't do it on because Saturday. Because it's on Sunday. <laughs> because it's on Sunday, for one. There's no two-start to go over. So we're going to kind of bounce around a, a couple different things here. Question of the day, we're going to talk about some uh, early-round folks that are struggling, hit on a few little topics, then talk about some hitters that I'm going to ask you if you think they should be in all formats, and then five pitchers who are just interesting, and then we're going to give our thoughts on them because they're going to be widely available, and we'll see what people think. But uh, let's start off with that question of the day. And it is, which of these early round laggards is your pick to click in the second half? And I've got a group here of Manny Machado, Miguel Cabrera, Jonathan VR, Trevor Story, and Rugnet Odor. Oh, man. Uh, you know, by the way, I have an offer sitting in my inbox for an overpriced Manny Machado that includes a cheap Sonny Gray. I'm, I'm tempted to take it, mm. but I'm also worried that he gets traded to the National League and I get nothing to show for That's it. That's the scary part. And you and I both play in an AL-only league that, that, that does that. And it's it's probably an outdated thing to, to have SOL. But it is. It I think is, we bitch about it every year. Old school. We do. <laughs> I'm just over it. Like, I... I you add volatility where you don't need to, right? There's nothing that we, as as fantasy owners, can do. What, are you going to just avoid people at the beginning of the year? Because You know, what about somebody, like, let's say it's an NL-only league. Who would have thought that the Giants were terrible? Should they have avoided Giants because they might get traded? So, yeah, anyway, not, again, not to get hyped on that. Cabrera, Machado, Story, Odor, VR. Uh, man, uh... I don't know. These are guys are all bad. You got Miguel Cabrera complaining about trade rumors tonight. Just saw uh, that on the on the telecast. Yeah, it's complaining about trade rumors. Um, you know, Odor's had his uh, a couple of things have popped up for him. Where all of a sudden, he's been uh, he's been able to hit with a little bit of power. But you look at his number over, numbers over the last thirty days, and they're just not good. He's got um, the power in the SBs, but it, but it's a nightmare profile, right? The yeah. triple slash sucks. Too many strikeouts, no walks. Like that's tough for Odor. Yep, um, I'm good. I'll go with VR and, and not. Ooh, I like it. You're going off the board a little bit. Okay, is it because yeah. of the speed component that that? Because obviously that can carry a team. Like if he starts running, I mean, he already has 16. Jonathan VR does. If he pops 20, 25, that is just a a, a major turnaround for a team. That and that and that lineup he's in. Milwaukee's. Scoring their runs, uh, I mean they're not Astros good, but My they're God, scoring Jose their Ramirez runs. Is good. <laughs> Home run. Sorry, Jose Ramirez is disgusting. You. No, Jose Ramirez is unbelievable. I was um, looking at something like over the last thirty days, he's I believe he's the league leader uh, in WRC plus. I absolutely believe it. Hitting for power, runs a bit. I mean, he just looks great. But uh, Jonathan VR, okay, in the Brewers lineup. Still showing some pop too. Eight homers, sixteen. So he's getting his his county stats there. But the triple slash is a nightmare right now. What does he need to hit uh, for you to be be 
comfortable with putting him in all formats all the time, batting average-wise. He's at 213. Obviously, that can't cut it. But where do you need Jonathan VR to be to feel good about uh, starting him to get that power and speed combo? Uh, I need I need him to be hitting 240 right okay. now, the, the power-speed combo. I mean, he's he obviously, he's missed some time. You look over his last 15 games, he's got four steals, and he's got three homers. And he's got about seven runs scored, eight runs scored. So he's getting some getting some work done uh, in that amount of time. Uh, it only looks like about uh, as I pull it up, is looking at games through Saturday. Five plate appearances, three home runs, eight runs scored, four stolen bases, only hitting two twenty one. Uh, but we've seen this kind of thing turn around for him before. So I'm going to go that direction. Okay, get on base. He'll run more uh, and. We know stolen bases get tougher to come by as the season goes on, and uh, that's where I'm going to go. By the way, Miguel Cabrera leads this group here with a 111 WRC plus because he is still getting on base <laughs> and in the 356 clip. Exactly, <laughs> and the rest of the group is struggling with on base, uh, which is and batting average, which obviously kind of go hand in hand there, which is really bringing them down. 90 WRC plus for Machado, 71 for Odor, 66 for Story, and then 62 for VR. This is a tough group to pick from. I understand why you, why you struggled on it a little bit here. I'm actually going to go Machado. I think the real thing for him right now is that base hits aren't falling. I really do kind of think everything else is there. For Machado, he does have 18 homers. Um, but again, 90 WRC+, plus because some might be asking why he's even in this group. I know you see the 18 homers and even four stolen bases, four more than he had all of last year. Uh, but I, I still like Machado and Cabrera. Uh, but if I'm picking just one, it's it's Machado. I would try to get him on any sort of discount right now. You're not going to get him for cheap by any stretch of the imagination, but you probably don't have to pay first-round prices. And if you do, you just tell tell that uh, tell that league mate to take a walk. So I'll take Machado. You're taking VR. Is there one that, that you just wouldn't buy even at, even at a real discount uh, at this point? Well, we're not going to say a silly discount because obviously everyone has their price. But let's say market value. Is there one that you're just saying, I'm not in right now? Market value probably Miguel Cabrera. Ooh, it's going to be tough to fair. get him at a, at a discount. I mean, people. Are, no, you're right. That's the problem. You don't, and that's, and if they're going to sell off pieces, I, what are they going to sell off? I, I mean, I JD, don't. Perhaps Kinsler. That effect. That's uh, going to impact that lineup. Uh, and yeah, then and, what's and he going to do? Victor stay healthy the rest of the year. And why do I? So, why do I even need to pitch? Why do I pitch to Miguel Cabrera later in the season? So unless it's an OBP league where you're just racking up walks. You make a good point because I do think Kinsler, J.D. Martinez, and maybe even Justin Upton could could be dealt. Um, I think Upton, less uh, Avila, could definitely be dealt. He was in on a one-year deal. He's out of his mind right now. Yeah. Uh, they, they could get something. Hell, they could get something big for him and then turn around and bring him right back again next year. Can they get a Glaber um, Torres yeah. and then <laughs> bring him back next Maybe. Year. That'd be great. As a Tigers fan, I would obviously uh, love that. No, I, I think you have the right name there, though, because Miguel Cabrera won't come at a cheap enough price. I was going to say Trevor Story, but I do think he's coming dirt cheap enough, and I still love Story. He has struggled a lot, but I think I think the, that's the right name because 267, 356, 444 for Miguel Cabrera, and any all anyone talks about is how his metrics are still kind of there, 49% hard contact rate. You're right. That that is the name that uh, you're going to have to pay pretty much full market for, and I just don't want to. So uh, those are just some early guys, early round guys that are struggling right now. I, I would kind of hold the line on most of them. I didn't buy in on Odor, but I would definitely go out and get Machado. And I like your pick on VR because I do think you can get him at a discount. Uh, Jason, I don't know if you noticed this, but the Cardinals Devil Magic is in full effect. It's this unreal. Year. 
usually it's just one guy. You know, they, they bring up that one guy every year that, that, that kind of does a little something. Alan Craig. I know Mark, I know Matt Carpenter's kind of turned into uh, a star-level player, so it might not feel like he's part of that. But he came up at 25. He wasn't a heralded prospect, and now he's turned into a star. They've rejuvenated Jed Jerko. Um, you know, they, guys like Greg Garcia come up and, like, get key hits for them. They got three guys this year, though, that, that are devil magic full effect. Paul DeJong, Luke Voigt. And Tommy Pham. Now, Pham did get hurt today, but he'd been out of his mind. Uh, 10 homers and 11 stolen bases coming in t- into today. DeJong had his third home, uh, third game with a home run in a row. Just feasted on the Mets. And this Luke Voigt guy looks like the uh, the next Matt Adams. By the way, Matt Adams is kind of one of those guys, too, because when they first called him up, he was really good for them. So my question to you is, uh, which of these Devil Magic players is, is the best bet for the second half? Uh, in mixed leagues, uh, I really like what Tommy Pham's doing. Uh, when you look at the overall package, except as well, if you compare him to Paul DeYoung, right? Last name? I thought it was DeJong. I don't know. DeYoung is what I would have thought, and then I heard DeJong on the okay on TV. DeGone. So, oh, it is DeYoung. De All right, uh, DeYoung. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. So if you look, you know, Pham is more accepting of his walks, uh, the, similar contact rates. Uh, but he's also running. He's got that power-speed combo going. In the last 30 days, five homers, six deals, 21 runs scored. I really like what Pham's doing uh, in that regard with with um, DeYoung. Uh, when you look at the a 5% walk rate, a 28% strikeout rate, those are the kinds of things where it could go sideways uh, in a hurry. And But I just really like those, those power-speed combo guys, and Pham's getting the job done right now. So as long as um, the health is okay, he did leave a tight uh, a tight hip today, tight left hip, and injuries have been a problem for Fam. But a major key this year is that he got his eyes fixed. It's crazy how some of these guys go through multiple seasons where they can't see the damn ball, and and some of them still grind out. I mean, even even Fam coming into this year had a career 113 OPS plus mm-hmm. for 356 plate appearances, and he apparently couldn't see. So, of course, you give him some vision, and all of a sudden he's up at a 127 this year, 289, 378, 488, 10 homers, 11 stolen bases. That's my pick, too. I really like this guy, and I really think he could be a key uh, mixed league, all formats type of guy. De Jong and Voigt, I think, obviously, are NL-only plays. De Jong starting to get into some mixed leagues. I think with Voigt being first base, uh, it's tough to really see him having a lot of mixed league play right now unless you're in the the real deeper formats. But, uh, again, obviously as an NL guy, he's somebody that he can deliver some pop. Here's some, dev- here's some Cardinals devil magic for you. Last 30 days, that lineup has seven different guys with an ISO above 200. Dexter Fowler, oh Paul DeYoung, Volt, Grichuk, Martinez, Jerko, and Carpenter. And then Fams at 190. So is that those guys are just all you know? Fowler is quietly hit six homers, ten runs, fifteen runs driven in uh, over his last fifteen games, and so Dexter Fowler is doing what you know, getting is is one of those things at the end of the year. Dexter Fowler gets his numbers, just how he gets there is the is the odd thing. But you have some injuries. Last couple of weeks, stuff. last couple of weeks, he's getting it done again. He's I mean, yeah. three twenty seven, four hundred seven, seven thirty one over his last fifteen games. Wow, he's he is he's a total beast, uh, for sure. And you know he's probably he's the only like star level player that you're talking about there. The rest of the guys are devils mad devil magic. So don't don't count that team out. You know it, it 
there was a point earlier this year where I was like, oh, it looks like the Cardinals are done. Count the Cubs out. You know, you got to be careful to do that, too. 43-44. Count the Cubs uh, out. The Brewers. You think they're done? <laughs> they they look so bad. I just you know if, if this was I think any they're other, if, it, the, I think they don't care about the regular season. Well, you got you still got to make it. You got to make it. That. They're six and a half out. It's <laughs> just like wow. It's just the, the well, defense. Well, the crazy thing is, oof. Oh, the, that defense every day it seems like they got two or three errors. Uh, it, it's crazy. Obviously, that led to that huge inning th- today uh, for for John Lester. What a way to go into the break for him. Uh, but yeah, the Brewers, you know, have a big lead there, and the wild card doesn't is not easier, right? The, no. Getting the division from the Brewers is the easier path yeah. right now for the Cubs. I do have a really hard time counting them out, though. I, I don't think that Central's done. I like the Brewers, but I do think the Cubs and uh, and Cardinals will pressure them. Um, and but we'll see if the Diamondbacks and Rockies hold on. They should really take those uh, those wild cards. All right, next up is uh, Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier had a big weekend. Man, man. he did the walk off shot, another homer today. Uh, really starting to get it going. This was his first flurry after that that debut where he had two hits, including a homer. What do you see out of Frazier the rest of the year, though? Because I'm not sure how guaranteed the playing time is. And since it's a big name, I'm concerned that he might be a little bit overvalued. How are you valuing Clint Frazier on a rest-of-season basis for mixed leagues? Yeah, big name, uh, big market, Yankee Yankee factor. But when, when Holiday comes back and it, when the whole team's healthy, who sits? Hicks. Yeah, who sits here? It gotta be him. That the, the, and, the kid has to sit. Back. Yeah, the kid's and gotta go to back now because you gotta play him. Right. I mean, he's got a quick bat, and you know the, the little bastard hit that walk off homer on Saturday. Otherwise, the Rays would be in second place going into the break. Uh, so, <laughs> dude, that was dude, that was a laser. That was awesome, though. Against uh, against Corey Knebel, who's been a monster yeah. this year, and, and he really does have a quick bat. I like a lot about Clint Frazier. I'm just not sure the PT is going to be there, and I I, I want to be careful not to make the mistake of of counting them out because we say, hey, you know, if it's a matter of, of talent being there and the playing time not, I look at Jacoby Ellsbury not playing well, but they're paying him so much. Exactly. They really sit Jacoby Ellsbury. I don't think so. Even so, if you platoon him, then make... if you, even if you platoon him, he's still going to be on the short side of things. But once this team's – and you don't want to squeeze Aaron Hicks out the way Hicks was playing before no. he was hurt. Once he gets back, he, he was a monster, and he's a, he's a switch hitter too. So he really fits in. Uh, obviously, Judge's going to get his playing time. Holiday – yeah, he's he's uh, on this dealing with his sickness, and he's thirty seven. But he has he's having a really good season too, one twenty eight OPS plus. Uh, the, the the key really needs to be like a Gardner or, or Ellsbury. Something has to give there to get Clint Frazier some playing time. So um, be careful, I guess is all I'm saying here. I, I do like him. I like the talent. I understand why you would hold him in all mixing. I would not cut him. I would try to hang on to this guy as much as I can until it really gets to a point where you get where you have to make a decision because I just. I don't want to make the the Cody Bellinger mistake where people and, are like, oh, and, and when Aaron Adrian Gonzalez comes back, he's yeah, not going to play. No joke. Like, well, well, the other thing, the other thing you got to consider is if this team is going to make a move to prepare themselves for the final push, it's going to have to be him. You know, Glaber Torres yeah. is done. I don't see a team done for the year. Rather, I don't see a yeah. team trading for a guy coming off of Tommy John. It's no guarantee, and they're not going to sell low on him, yeah. right? Because the Yankees would have to give a discount, and they don't want to do that. So they're going to say, just and don't. It's even not like the Yankees Glaber are going to go out. I know that that Cashman was saying that they're going to be. Uh, 
smart-minded or whatever. I forgot the phrase he was using. Uh, but it's not like they're going to go out and trade for a middle reliever to add some depth. Yes, they do need to replace Tyler Clippard. Um, what do you mean he's been great? I, I think he's been. I think he's been phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> As a Yankees hater, you he's love been it. Phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's not going to be their move if they're going to make a move. You know, something in the pitching staff. They're going to get, like, Kelvin Herrera. Well, I shouldn't say that because KC's uh, jumped back into it. But if they were going to get a reliever, it would be a, it would be a top dog. Would they bring David Robertson back? <sighs> but he wouldn't close, so I don't know if he wants doesn't to. Doesn't do matter. I, I, I mean, David Robertson is well, his walk he's, here. He's going to get his money next year. Well, and he's not closed for them before, so maybe that's the right team to go back to and say, hey, man. You know, you're not going to. It's the kind of guy that it's the kind of guy they need. Um, That would be it. Would be or 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 a Brad Hand. I think that's the guy that I'm really curious. If you want to reunite the what what they had with Miller, Batansas, and Chapman, go get Brad Hand. Uh, by the way, Robertson does have one more year at 13 mil in 2018. Okay, so rule so, him out. Uh, but um, to, to, no, but to your other point though, if he doesn't close, he's going to get his money. They say, hey. You're still going to get paid, so why don't you just come be our eighth inning? But that'd be an expensive eighth inning guy. That is a luxury they could afford of all of all teams. But yeah, Brad Hand is a very interesting piece. He could really turn a, a bullpen around. He could turn a fantasy season around. I mean, depending where he goes, you know, with, with all the talk we've had closed. about the nat- Nationals, that's the guy I would be going to get because you know it, it's going to cost you though. Um, the same thing if you try to go get a Felipe Rivero. But for me, agreed. Those are the two guys I would be targeting if I was if I were the Nationals. Is go get one of those two guys. Don't mess with the round. If you wanted David Robertson, you would already have him. This would already should be have done. already been in that Adam Eaton deal. Yes. Yep. This would have been done already. So since it wasn't. You know, then you look the other way and, and go find another option. And to me, you have to ask Pittsburgh what's going on there. Um, you know, maybe you try the David Phelps market uh, from the Marlins, sure. or I don't, I don't. I like Phelps more than I like AJ Ramos. Um, but if you're going to difference maker, I, difference maker, it's, I think Hand and Rivero are the two guys that would really swing things around and, and change the fantasy seasons. I mean, Rivero's already got that job now. Um, Hand Hand had it, um, and they but gave it back. A job to, on a great team, yeah, they gave it back to Mar, right? And they gave it back to Brendan Marr for whatever reason. Um, but they could, uh, I think, Hand going to the Nationals would be a huge thing. Like he could get 15, 17 saves in the second half if that were I to happen. Completely agree. Uh, that that would be awesome. So maybe somebody to stash in your in your shallow or mixed leagues if you have the luxury, and you're chasing saves. Brad Hand could be somebody to hang on to. Uh, Jason Felix Hernandez uh, threw six shutout innings. Today. It was against uh, Oakland, which which does matter because uh, they, they are prone to those terrible. kinds of slumps. Uh, but he does have three quality starts in four off the DL. Now the fourth of those was a pretty bad outing. But uh, where are you at on Felix Hernandez right now? Like, what kind of mixing viability does Felix Hernandez have for you? Uh, he's getting, you know, the fifteen. I had recommended cutting him um, in a twelve. I may have to revisit that decision. I mean, if you look, mm-hmm. I was looking today, and he was touching 93 in his outing. Uh, okay. That's what they, when I was looking at Brooks, they had him at 93 at one point. Uh, and his average velocity has not been, you know, when you look, he was 90, at his peak before the injury, he was 92.3. And then he was 91, 91 and a half, 91 and a half, first two outings back. And then they had him at 92 today, uh, touching 93. So if that if that velocity is turning around, that makes him more intriguing. Uh, 
so I want to see that again. Uh, I, I need to see how he does against a, a better lineup because again, it's Oakland. Uh, they their best hitter. That's they they keep insane. you know if if Eric Sogard and uh, and Stephen Vote were still there, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like I want to see what guys that that, that Oakland's going to trade so I can pick them up in other leagues. But it's Oakland. This is what you <laughs> right? expect. The this is what you expect. Somebody leaves, they 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 turn it on. Freaking um, Vote's been awesome. Since uh, since jumping over, I mean, we look at the schedule. You look at their schedule coming out of the break. They've got the White Sox, which he probably won't. You you may see pitch today, um, so he should get. You want to hope he gets one of those games against the White Sox, which should be favorable for him because then they have the Astros coming right out of that. Uh, You want him to avoid that series, and then you got you got the Astros and the Yankees that first full week coming out of the All Star break. Then they got Boston. Oh. Then they got the Mets. Then they got Texas. And then they got Kansas City. Um, so the schedule is not very favorable for him next next few weeks. I know you can't. I'm not going to have you run down an entire list, but like if you could ballpark it in your head, how many starters do you actually start against Houston these days? Five. <laughs> Like, like Kluber, Kluber, Kershaw, Kershaw Sale. yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. I mean, here's a <laughs> here's so some backstory. Difficult. So, you know, folks, I was uh, I have Aaron Sanchez in, in Tout Wars, and I was thinking, I was like, I, I'm just been trying to pile up some pitching numbers, and I'm trying to look for a way to activate them. Uh, I was contemplating it, and the only way I could do it would be to release Seth Smith, and I ultimately decided against it. And I think I ran it by you and Eno. Um, this is, mm-hmm. uh, talked me out of this and, and, and Seth Smith homered that night and Aaron Sanchez gave up a bunch of homers that night on my bench, he thankfully. Uh, but it is, but then, you know, Marcus Stroman shuts down the Astros, which was, mm-hmm. which was nice because he was on my team. Uh, but yeah, that is just, they're average, especially on the road, man, they're averaging over seven runs a game and on the road. That's one of those it's things so you have to nasty, treat dude. Astros on the road are like Rockies back at mile high stadium, pre-humidor. Yeah. It, that's how and you're going to, treat to Baltimore them. Oh, man. and Philly. Right, at, at, they get a little, they get a little home stretch against Minnesota and Seattle, and then they go to Baltimore and Philly. That's going to be disgusting. And, and, they, and then, and then my beloved Tigers, and they could just terrorize if they somehow miss Fulmer uh, in that group. And I, I right now can't include Verlander as, as as like a threat. So if they miss Fulmer out of that trio. They could just absolutely brutalize there. I mean, they, there's no team that they don't savage right now. Uh, they, they've just been monstrous. <laughs> I am looking forward. It, it's a while away, but uh, late August, the 22nd through the 24th, yep. they play Washington in a uh, interleague set. Ooh. That should be a hell of a game and it, uh, series, and it could be a, a World Series. Preview. So what do you do? You know, one of the things that's, that's kind of been quiet because that team just keeps pouring offense, you know, Carlos Beltran has not been good. You look at Beltron's numbers really this year, 230, 283, 411. Um, he scored 40 times because, you know, if, if the team's scoring 19 runs a game. I would, I would have game, 30 runs scored on that Yeah, team. and he's driven in 35, and he's hit 11 homers. But, I mean, his numbers are way down from where he was. I mean, last year he's 295, 337, 513. So, he's you know, he's given up 100 points in slugging, 65 in batting average, and they're 50 in on base. Um, Doesn't have to start losing playing time. You would guys. think that's that's kind of my thing. Is like he's gonna. You would figure he's gonna have to start losing playing time, uh, and maybe he loses a roster spot at some point. I don't. I mean, they've got their their other guys to bring up, but I mean, he is pure DH only. You don't want to play him in the outfield. I know that. Nope. So they've got other other bats they could bring up. 
uh, and and he's not up. doing well. Uh, even of late, his last you know I, I was looking at it earlier, his last thirty days uh, have been have been rather poor. That's Carlos Beltran. Is it? You still hold him in AL only because of the counting numbers that you mentioned. Though, he's in my Tout Wars lineup. Time. He's in my Tout yeah. Wars lineup, but I tell you, um, you know, it comes down to either he or Seth Smith. I've got a bid in uh, tonight for uh, picking up someone, and if uh, if I get it, I'm going to have to bench one of those guys. And it, it, I'm earlier, you know, like three days ago, I, I would have been like, oh, Seth Smith, sure, Seth Smith, but, yeah. And then all of a sudden he does a little something for you. Yeah, now he's done something. I'm like, okay, and what's Beltron done for me lately? Last 30 days, 188, 256, 363. You know, Gross. OBP league, he's doing I'll... 256, and he's, you know, 10 runs and 11 runs driven in, three home runs, yay. But, I mean, the other, he's not running, and he's really hurting me in OBP. I love Beltran, but, I mean, he's 40. This right? is it. So you had to know this, this was coming. Um, or you had to know it was possible, not that it was coming, because he was great last year. I drafted him in some leagues. I was I was in on the price because the price was still rock bottom uh, to to take a shot on Beltran because people knew that this was this was built into the price. Is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah. And so you can you can move away from it. I think between your choice right now, I, I would lean toward him over Seth Smith because um, you know it's it's gonna it's getting hot in in Baltimore. Maybe Smith keeps it going, whereas Beltran just looks lifeless with the bat. He he picks on some guys. He does have a 11 bombs but who the hell doesn't have 11 bombs this year uh anyway let's move on to our yeah, next paid 10 here. bucks for him so I, i've got a yeah, dollar t- per t- bomb i mean <laughs> yeah it was it was built into the fact that listen you could end up cutting him you got a half out of him and maybe it's time to move on from beltran even in al only formats uh speaking of we're not speaking of but uh should these guys be all format players and we got six different guys we're going to talk about first up is scooter Jeanette. now we know about the four homer game right that is not propping up his numbers. In fact, you can take uh, take things just since that game. And I think he might have hit a bomb today, but uh, don't don't even sweat that because I'm not including that in here. Let me go. Since the four homer game, Scooter Jeanette is hitting 337, 410, 663 with eight homers and two stolen bases. This is ten team for I mean, when you say all formats. I'm including ten team for him right now. That's what I mean. All all. Uh, so does Scooter Jeanette need to be owned in all yes. formats? I think so too, and that's crazy to me. I did not think that was going to happen by any stretch Didn't of the imagination. Did we take Scooter Jeanette two years ago in labor, La- or was it last year in yeah. labor? I think it was last year. He was our dollar. Was he was our year, dollar he... middle infielder with upside because we figured he could, oh he's going to get the strong side of a platoon the playing situation. Time. Yeah, yeah, at least the strong side, and it didn't. It didn't really. That's what VR basically killed us because VR. That's when VR blew up. Yes. He started eating up some of his playing, uh, some of Jeanette's playing time. But Jeanette's been really good, man. Like I, I'm really surprised by it. I can't say say I saw this coming even one percent. But at this point, I don't know how you can't have him in any sort of league. It's not like second base is so great that uh, that that you can't find a spot for him. He did not hit a homer today. It was yesterday. He did go 0 for four today. Never mind. He cut him because he's terrible. Obviously, no. I'm just kidding. But I do think he needs to be owned in all formats right now. Uh, the power that you're getting out of him, he already bet. Uh, eclipsed his career high he had 14 homers last year which was a career high for Jeanette he has 15 this year and he's been a total monster sure he'll he'll tail off from 984 OPS but would you be surprised if he had an 8 810 the rest of the way no I wouldn't be surprised at all he's gonna play he's gonna play every day and just in that ballpark in that in that uh in that lineup heat (laughs) in Cincinnati yep let it rock all right. Next up is Chris Taylor, the Grand Slam machine. Um, 
he just keeps he just keeps putting up numbers too. This was a guy that was supposed to be kind of a fill in for the Dodgers. By the way, I remember when he had some hype when it was when it was Taylor versus Brad mm-hmm. Miller with the Mariners. Now you kind of see where that hype came from. You know, he played disjointed parts of the last three seasons, totaling only uh, 318 plate appearances, and he had a 70 OPS plus, which is garbage. But you can't. 318 in a row is tough to put a whole lot of stock into, let alone spread out over three seasons. And now we're seeing 273 in a row, and he's got an 858 OPS, uh, 10 homers, 11 stolen bases, looking a lot like Tommy Pham here. Uh, But he has a lot of position eligibility too. I think second, third, and outfield, I believe, uh, is where Chris Taylor qualifies. Do you think he should be on a team in all formats, including 10 Yes. Yeah, I mean, the production's been there. The multi-position flexibility is always nice. Uh, yeah, the way that team scores runs, they've got 60 wins. They and the Astros yep. both have Two, 60 wins. Both teams have 60 wins, and it's apparently been like decades since even one team, and then, of course, two teams do it in one season just because that's the way this crazy season's going. I, I mean, you know, Justin Turner's back, and obviously that was something that people were like, well, what about when Justin Turner comes back? What's going to happen in his playing time? He's been playing in the outfield. Chase Utley has a 90 OPS plus. He doesn't need to be taking the second base right. time. I think Chris Taylor somebody you got to have. You know, I've been holding him in an 11 team all year and, and getting pretty much all of this production. It's been really good. And yet, the by the way, for the folks, you know, I know some of you play in leagues where you're like, of course these guys are on my team, et cetera, et cetera. I'm looking. Uh, I, I plucked these off of ESPN. You know, you got Chris Taylor, 60%. That's crazy. So even some very active leagues have got Chris Taylor on the bench, and he's the 10th second baseman on the player. That's crazy. So, right? That's absolutely bananas. So I, I'm with you. I think Chris Taylor absolutely has to be. I got another one here. He's a platoon guy, but Lonnie Chisenhall, and uh, this is pe- this is pending the information yeah, somebody on, did on get hurt tonight. what happened today. Yeah. He did leave tonight hurt. Let's assume that it's something that, that the break quells and, and he's good to go. If things change, then obviously that alters our answers. But as it stands right now, Chisholm Hall, 306, 377, 581 with 12 homers, even chipped in two stolen bases. Is he somebody that should be all formats, even with the limited playing time, 63 games, 215 plate appearances? No. I mean... It... How shallow would you go? 12? 12 reserve at least? Yeah, 12 reserve I'd go with him and definitely look at how the matchups are, are going or how many righties they're facing that week. Um, exactly. If you play in a league like NFBC that allows you to change your roster uh, on the weekend, and, and for example, I did this. They were playing the Tigers with three righties. I went ahead and put them in, got the homer on Friday, and then, of course, leaves with injury tonight. But I, I think you got to stack it up like that. you got to be able to – daily leagues obviously are the best spot for Delano Chisholm. And the thing with him – you know, his, if you look at his overall numbers, he's had issues against lefties. But then, you know, this year, batting average-wise, he's hitting them well, 368. Uh, but it's only in 50 plate appearances. So they're strategically deciding what, when, when to use him against lefties and not just leaving him in there, uh, you know, those mm-hmm. types of things. So it's um, – but obviously the injury is going to hurt uh, where things are. I've always liked the bat, but if this is a calf injury, we saw that Jason Kipnis went out for a month with a hamstring. I was watching that game last hamstring. night when that happened too, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to suck. Um, yep, and I, and I am worried about this one too. So I, I, wanted, I still wanted to bring up Chisholm Hall, but this, this could be a calf strain. And uh, that would where do they really go? I mean, w- so let's let's assume he's got a calf strain. He's out three weeks. 
What? Are, where do they go? Because it's not like Brandon Geyer's, and he's not looked good this year. No, he's been um, terrible. Who, who saw that coming? I, right? I think. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think Giovanni Urshela starts to play more third, and then Jose Ramirez bounces back out. To the yeah, they, that's a, they, they did call up Urshela. Uh, Yandy Diaz is, is still staying in Triple A. Uh, Columbus. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can run that shuttle. It's just Columbus, Ohio is right down the brought, road. They brought up this Eric Gonzalez guy to, to play second base. He made oh, nice, he made a nice play tonight. He's going to be the guy at second. So, yeah, I would say Urshela to third, Ramirez back to the outfield. Then you go Brantley, Zimmer, Ramirez, if Chisenhall is going to miss uh, extended time. So that that's the way I see it. I agree. I don't think 10-teamers. Outfield's so deep. You can find somebody that's giving you the volume. The volume actually matters. So even though the rates are great for Chisholm Hall, the volume plays too much in 10-teamer to really do it. But 12-team, I do think that there's at least one or two rosters in that league that would have to have somebody like Chisholm Hall on their bench. Next guy is uh, Domingo Santana. And I was surprised to include this one, Jason, because I thought no way he would have much availability. Do you want to guess his ESPN ownership? 44%. 54 percent which is absolutely silly you want to guess his slotting uh on the outfield player raider 17th 10th 291 54 runs 15 bombs 50 ribbies nine stolen bases for domingo santana big breakout pick for folks last Mm -hmm. year uh they they got bit with the uh spore colette to one year too early syndrome uh because like it was kind of a um industry-wide thing a lot of people were picking him to break out he wasn't bad last year but he certainly didn't break out this is the breakout year at age 24 domingo santana has been fantastic is he in all formats play in your yeah he is i mean we talk about a guy at the end of the season you figure he's gonna finish 25 plus home runs uh 15 to 18 steals and hitting for the average that he's hitting for and he gets on base i mean this is great, and he's 24. It's only the, the futures. If I'm in a like a keeper league next three years, this is one of the guys I'm really trying to get after. I completely agree. 24 years old, pacing for a 3100 season, sort of. Uh, it, is, it is 85 games with the 15 and 50, but but damn near. And like you said, the, the OBP that he has, a little bit of swing and miss, as you would expect from a lot. Yeah, of but these look at the improvement days, from last year: 30, 30, 32% bingo. to 26%. And he's walking more, striking out less. That's the kind of progress you want to see in that sophomore year. And this is why he's a key reason as to why this team's really uh, ahead of schedule. And and, and it's guys like this. It's like, uh, obviously, Eric Thames coming over, being really strong for them. Travis Shaw, Domingo Santana. And then on the pitching side, guys like Chase Anderson, Jimmy Nelson, really getting going. Yeah, Chase Anderson, uh, the, the pitcher that got hurt hitting. Stupid rule. Are, are pretty much our least favorite thing. I, I and he's going to be out six. He's going to be out six more weeks. So now they're going to have to so make pissed. it. I saw a, a story earlier today that talks about what the what the asking price was uh, if they were to make a trade for somebody like Jose Quintana or Sonny Gray. And it was uh, who was reporting the the story. If I could pull it up here real quick, um, but the asking price, what they wanted for it. Um, Oh, here it was. Regarding Brewer's interest in Jose Quintana or Sonny Gray, two rival execs think the price to get either would be Lewis Brinson, Josh Hader, Brett Phillips. Kiss my butt. What? Yes. That's okay. All of All them? of that. Oh, you got to figure Jose Quintana's got a couple of years of control left on his contract, I know. but still. Kiss Damn. my butt. That kiss my butt on that one too. I completely agree, but we love Domingo Santana. Uh, definitely should be on every roster. Next one is a guy that I think you're going to say yes on because I know you like him. Um, he's a guy that we have on our mixed labor team, Josh Reddick. 
has been getting in on on the greatness of of this of this Houston team this year. They've been playing him, uh, spotting him very well. He's got. 313, 365, 515, nine homers, seven stolen bases in 299 plate appearances. He has missed some time, but is he in all formats played? Josh Reddick. You know, he is because, and it's really because of what he's able to do, I mean, comparing him to like Chisenhall. Uh, Reddick's had his issues against lefties, but this year he's hitting them uh, better, and they've limited his exposure to him. Um, but when you're looking at a guy, anybody who's going to hit, in the one to six spot of that lineup like he is over the last month in the last month he has 75 plate appearances but he has 20 runs scored he's driven in 18 you know he only has three homers and he's got four steals but he's hitting 439 over the last month he's got a 221 weighted runs created plus he's only he's only behind george springer it's the only guy in that offense he's not wrecking something the whole team's hitting and it's just when you're you got to take guys in that lineup, except for Beltron. Save Beltron, uh, but Guriel is making his case to be a, a twelve-team mix. Really you know, basically, the one to seven part of that lineup uh, is just crushing it. And and Reddick, he's not hitting for the power, but he's hitting doubles, uh, getting on base a bunch, scoring a bunch. Yes, you, you got to ride this and out and started running a bunch more. A lot of uh, four of these seven stolen bases have come in the last four weeks. Yes. So if they're letting him run a bit more, they're even letting Springer run a bit more too. So I wonder if it's a team-wide thing where they're saying, hey, not just Altuve can go. Bregman's got seven. Uh, Marisnik has five. Marwin Gonzalez has four. So maybe they're letting some of these guys run a bit more, just kind of really putting the pressure on teams because they're just absolutely savaging every team. So I, I think even in a 10-team league, there's a roster that, that, that can use Josh Reddick. Do you want to foster a guess on where he ranks on the ESPN player rate for outfielders? 32%. Uh, no, uh, what, what oh, ranking? ranking. I'm sorry. Um, 20, uh, no, no, no. Of the ladies, probably 12. He's 20th overall, so I think you were, that's where you were going. But, yeah, of late, I bet uh, – let me see what he is last 30. I bet he's even higher. He is 69% on, so he's not as widely available as some of these other guys. But, uh, yeah, he's eighth in there the last go. 30 days. And a big key is the runs and RBIs, and those are things that, you know, we don't always think about because they are team dependent. But this team's not going to slow down. I don't. See if they slow down, they're scoring they five down. runs a game. It's exactly instead of seven or eight. This is so silly. Nineteen to one. And they today. still got unbalanced right. against Oakland. You, you know they, they're going to have Anaheim. Yeah, they're going to have that. It just the schedule works out well for them. Last guy here, Whit Merrifield. Um, seven homers, fourteen stolen bases, two eighty five, three twenty four, four fifty six. He's been a key part of the KC resurgence for sure. Uh, playing second base there, another guy that. You know, you wouldn't necessarily think, like, well, do I have to have this guy? Second base outfield. My $19 purchase on draft day. 14th on the player rater, 39% uh, ownership rate. How how uh, how much how many rosters does Whit Merrifield need to be on? Is he all formats or is 10-teamer? No. Um, no. Here's where, I'll, here's where I'm a little concerned with this. So you're basically rostering speed. Last month... He's hitting 270 with a 294 OBP, but he's got eight. He's eight for eight in steals, so he's like totally, totally Alcides Escobaring it right now. Uh, well, peak, you know, 14 Escobar. runs driven in, uh, 14 runs scored, 15 driven in. But if he's not, get, I mean, right now he's eight for eight in stolen bases. I just, if would you put Alcides Escobar in all formats in his in his prime? 
Not no, not really. That's kind of what I'm looking at. No, no, that's what I'm looking at. I mean, this is this is Alcides Escobar when he was quote unquote good. Uh, that's yeah. the way he's playing right now, and this is completely batted ball dependent, and, and what happens. But uh, no, to me, this is not. This is one of the guys I wouldn't roster. I think everybody else, I'm I'm willing to put on at least a twelve team mix. This isn't the guy. Fifteen, maybe. I think but not twelve. I think that's fair because I just don't know that he has the blazing speed. I mean, he has 14 for 15. I do love that. And I can see it in a 12 if you are just speed starved. And I don't even know what second baseman you would have, though, because I was going to say if you have Odor, but Odor is actually getting some stolen bases as well. Uh, you're right. It is tough. It is It is really tough. And, and Merrifield did build a lot of his numbers in that one big stretch where I think he had like a 19-game hitting streak or something to that mm-hmm. effect. I do think – I wasn't even ranking them or anything, but I do think if we were slotting them, uh, he's probably the the worst of the bunch uh, insofar as that goes. And, yeah, during a 21-game stretch, he hit 408, 462, 662. Since that stretch ended on June 5th, he is – 262, 284, 413, like you said, with the 8 for 8 on the stolen bases, but just one homer. There's no pop to speak of. And so he's, he's really just uh, bland, uh, empty speed, if you will, and not good enough to be like D. Gordon's empty speed you'll take, even Billy Hamilton as he actively hurts you and everything else. Whit Merrifield, a little bit tougher. And, yes, second base isn't great this year, but some of the guys that are behind him on the player radar that I would Definitely prefer DJ LeMayhew, Brian Dozier, Rugnet Odor, uh, Jed Lowry, Josh Harrison, Jonathan. Josh Diarra, Harrison, Matt definitely. Carpenter. Yeah, especially because he does he he's the better version, right? Like somewhat empty speed, but the better version of that. So I'm with you on that with with Merrifield. All right, Jay, let's talk about a few pitchers here that that are pretty interesting. Should be pretty widely available. I just want to get your thoughts on where they're at rest of the season. Let's start with Mike Clevenger. Actually, you know what? Put Clevenger on hold real quick. You put a funny name in here in our uh, in our podcast thing where you type in your name and jump into the uh, uh, studio as it is. Homer Bailey, a former <laughs> boyfriend of yours, former Cy Young pick, a guy. The original Dark Knight. Screw you, Matt Harvey. Right. This is the original Dark Knight. Absolutely. By the way, so anyone that's trying to say that, oh, he, did you know he looks like Christ, Christian Bale? Yeah, five years ago called when uh, you and I were saying that. So I don't want to hear about like people that are like finally recognizing that Homer Bailey is the spitting image of Christian Bale. But nevertheless. Yeah, go back and listen to the old Towers is, of Power audio. You'll hear it. Exactly. This is how silly baseball is. So comes back from the DL, gets absolutely pounded by Washington. No surprise. Gets walled by Milwaukee, no surprise, no surprise there. He's either. had four Eno terrible like, matchups to start to come back. Right? Yeah. Eno and I are like, you can't start him anywhere, dude. This is bad. Don't even look at it. Then he has to go at Colorado, at Arizona this week. You don't want to mess with that. So, of course, he throws six innings, one earned in Colorado, six and two-thirds, one earned in Arizona baseball. You silly, silly bitch. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Where are you currently on on your ex boyfriend here, Homer? I, I you know I jokingly said he was in all formats. I said fourteen mixed leagues. I said four, not fourteen, four. <laughs> four uh, when he first came back, but after what he did this week, like you have to be able, you have to be willing to give him a chance in a fifteen team mixed league, guaranteed, and then even possibly a twelve here. But the way what he was able to do against those two lineups, 
legitimizes like hey this could be something because it's not like he was pitching against some sunday lineups uh, out there i mean he went out there against two of the better lineups in two of the worst parks and got and arizona put up the full lineup pollock peralta goldie lamb owings ionetta Marte, blanco you know it it was it was the lineup and he looked good but homer bailey did I, I love it. So uh, I love gonna, guys coming back. You're going to take a look. Yeah, I'm going to take a look. I mean, the, the the problem is he's not striking guys out, but that's, you know. Sure. But if he's limiting damage, if I can get help in my ratios and get the wins, I'll take the strikeouts not being there. Uh, maybe those will but come. But, Jason, he's getting the swinging strikes still, even 13% today in his 102 pitches for Homer Bailey, 12% coming into the game. Mm-hmm. So... I think the strikeouts have to start coming. The velocity is actually there. It's it's at a three-year high. Now he pitched 11 in 23 innings the last two years. Uh, but it's not quite back up to the peak, 94 back in, in 2014, but 93-3 for right. Homer Bailey. He struck out five you today. Know, in, in the blink of an eye, after two starts in devastating venues, I'm changing my tune on him. I really am. Uh, it's somebody I like, I, I want to be hyped on, but... After those first two starts, I was like, well, maybe he's just still hurt. But, hey, pitching so volatile. This is why I don't like, you know, trying to say rest of season in May. Like, I want to assess in kind of like four four to six-week chunks. And I do think Homer Bailey is somebody that I'm at least spot starting. Now, you would have missed both of these starts, oh, yeah. obviously. You Except for that one him, guy who left him in think... there because he forgot to change his lineup. So, congrats to you for falling into those two wins. You you got You got to love when that when it when it goes well for you. You you just feel so good, uh, and you start sh- pretending that you did it on purpose. Now they are going to come back out of the break facing Washington and Arizona, but it is both at home, um, and it doesn't really get easy until you start getting Miami a couple different times here. Uh, so keep an eye on Bailey's matchups then. But I do think with the state of pitching, fifteen team for sure, and then some of you in twelve teamers are really struggling enough that you got to consider Homer Bailey again. So uh, I'm, I'm back in yes. quickly. I, I, I admit I, I flipped quickly, but uh, he's been a lot better uh, just this week. I mean, week. the state of pitching, if you know, the league-wide ERA is somewhere around 3.8 right now. I think people need to reset the fact that, you know, if you think, uh, I think you and Ian were talking about this, you know, oh, a 3.75 yes. ERA, yeah, that sucks. No, a 3.75 ERA is actually about league average these days. I'm looking I'm, at it. I'm getting. I'm that. looking at it right now as I'm trying to get the numbers to uh, to roll up. I looked at it the other day. Like, show me how many starting pitchers have an ERA of under four, and it was like 33, and then last year it was 61. That's the that's the difference. So right now, when I'm looking that's at, crazy. Uh, I'm looking at league wide ERA. It's 4.35. That's not starting yeah, pitcher. And starters are at 448. That's insanity. So anybody that is getting baseline quality starts, which we say, oh, six and three, that's not so good. It's a 450 ERA. It's worth looking at. And like I said, in the blink of an eye, Homer Bailey's all of a sudden worth looking at. Yes, the strikeouts have been very poor right now, but I do think they're going to come if he continues to get these sorts of swings and misses. Uh, and, and that's why all of these guys that we're going to talk about are going to be in play in a lot of formats. Let's talk Mike There's Clevenger. Only six guys, only six in... teams have team ERAs below four. Oh my St. Louis, Houston, Boston, Cleveland, Arizona, and Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> 
That's crazy. Well, one of the guys on Cleveland there is Mike oh. Clevenger. He's been pitching a lot better of late. Uh, outdueled Justin Verlander yesterday. Has a three ERA and a one fifteen WHIP despite a four seven walk rate because uh, he's only has five point seven hits per nine. So he is walking guys, but he's tough to square up and really barrel. Uh, he's been great of late. Hasn't allowed more than two earned in any of his last five starts, posting a 167 ERA in 27 innings with 28 strikeouts. Mike Clevenger is doing a good Jacob DeGrom imitation right now. As I said the other day, beyond just the hair, um, what formats are you considering him in? All, all or, or do you stop short of 10? I stop 10 short teams? of 10 team. I mean, when, uh, you know, this is the, you know, getting back to uh, Tout Wars, this is one of those things. I picked up Mike Clevenger two weeks before he got called up. Because I noticed what he was, I had Trevor Bauer, and I was looking for Trevor Bauer insurance, and I saw what Clevenger was mm-hmm. doing down in AAA. I'm like, okay, something's going to happen. Maybe either Josh Tomlin, they finally get tired of him giving up too many home runs, or Bauer having his issues. So mm-hmm. I went ahead and picked up Clevenger, and that's really worked out well for me. I did watch that start against your Detroit Tigers the other day, and and to use a term that I heard somebody describe Brent Honeywell with today in the Futures game, um, Clevenger has a very crooked arm. He can't throw anything straight. Oh, I like I that. love that phrase. When I saw that, I was like, ooh, that's, that's a, a really good phrase. I'm, I'm using that. That is really <laughs> good. I, th- I thought they were talking about Honeywell and, and screwball. Like, oh, God, he's going Carl Hubble and his arm's going to turn over. Uh, but no, they said he's, he just can't throw anything straight. And I watched uh, – he had command issues early in that start, um, but then he really settled down. And, and the and the this breaking ball is just really nice. I mean, he throws it hard, and it's got a lot of late movement. But his fastball's got a nice run to it, uh, and I enjoyed watching his start. So it's just, if he can get more consistent with the command, then I'm ready to jump in on the ten team stuff. But I mean, he can miss bats, get strikeouts when he needs to. Uh, he's got good defense behind him. Obviously, uh, you can get some run support. So all the pieces are there. But consistent sure. command needs to be there, and it really it's for him. It really the early innings is where that falters. Uh, but then he settled down nicely in that start yesterday. A five-seven hit hit per nine rate is tough to sustain too for Mike Clevenger. So as that moves up, you'll see that whip really escalate. Uh, and and I think he's probably more of a true talent. 380 ERA, but again, that's still viable. And so I do think for sure 12 teamers, and then 10 teams going to be a case by case for me. And I, I, so when I say that, I mean just because we're saying, or I'm saying there's some potential in 10 teams, doesn't mean it's your roster that you listening. It might be one of your league mates that could use him. There's maybe one roster in every 10 teamer that could use Clevenger, but in 12 team, I think anyone uh, should be ready to pick him up. The strikeout upside is really nice. I like what we're seeing out of Clevenger. This is what I was kind of hoping for last year. So uh, easy to be a year early when it's the rookie. I don't even count that as a year early. I just thought that maybe he would come up and, and be good right away, but I like Mike Clevenger for sure. Um, Anibal Sanchez is not a name I expected to speak about on the podcast in any sort of meaningful way at all this year after the way he started um he looked like he was pretty much done jason but you know what that changeup has returned and the changeup was always kind of the driving force behind his success and he's really run off a few uh strong starts of late anibal sanchez since rejoining the rotation has a 309 era uh just 20 base runners in 23 in a third innings which is good for a something whip 0.89 0.89 whip, uh, 8.86 whip, excuse me, and 22 strikeouts against four walks and the coup de gras. Wait, is that, did I use that phrase right? I don't know. One homer in the 23 and the third innings for Anibal Sanchez. 
How viable is Anibal Sanchez to you, Jason? Uh, he's pitching well. When you look at his swinging strike rate right now over his last seven or eight games, it's above the league average. The league average is 9%, and he's been over that. Uh, now, early on, he was he obviously had his issues, couldn't miss bats. But with the changeup back in play, he's, he's definitely getting those things done. Um, I'm, I'm going to look and say that I'll take I'll 15-team yes, 12-team depending on the matchup. 10-team uh, mm-hmm. no. And ten team or not yet, correct? Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, I think I'm with you there. I want, I want to be smart about it. I don't think you can dive in head first on a ten teamer. Uh, Twelve team definitely match up play, spot start sort of guy, and just be really smart about it. They come out of the break against Toronto. Yeah, because I mean, he had Seattle, uh, yeah. San Diego, Cleveland, and San Francisco in his last four, and two earned runs, three earned runs, two and two. The Cleveland one was the toughest. Uh, toughest of them, but one home run in his last uh, five outings, uh, two in his last six. And you give up the two in Arizona in that inning of relief, um, and then uh, the, that sixth one was another uh, was a, a long relief started. But last four starts, those mm-hmm. quality, 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 quality. No, I'm sorry, three of the four quality one starts. In- yeah, one inning away from four straight quality yeah. starts. He, he only threw five in Seattle, but Anibal Sanchez has been solid and a name you should have back on your radar. Uh, these next two are a little bit more uh, viable. I think folks are kind of on board with them, but I want to get your thoughts on Trevor Cahill. He's back from the DL. Uh, he was pitching brilliantly before he went on. I, I do think he got cut in some leagues because of the DL stint, probably getting picked back up this week, but where available. Not after today. How are you feeling about Trevor Not after Cahill? today. Oh, did he get walked Four runs, today? six hits, over five innings. The Philly gave up uh, a couple of home uh, – three home runs a day, too, uh, to Philly. Uh, uh, they still struck out eight. Tough start. Stri- but... Eight strikeouts, no walks yeah, see, in five innings. Honestly – And that's why I'm, I still Honestly, this him, is though. the guy that Milwaukee should go get – you know, put him in Milwaukee. I this agree. would be a lot of fun. Um, I would be, I would be targeting Trevor Cahill only for where he's going to be dealt, not for where he is, for okay. where he could be in a couple of weeks, uh, and and, and a smart. better, in a, a better offensive situation. I mean, the park you can't ask for anything better. But today, um, I think this one was in Philly. Uh, okay, so and that could explain part of that problem. Uh, but let's let's get him in a better team uh, because again, he's he's striking out guys. I mean, the strikeout rate is uh, coming into today was eleven per nine, uh, and he sixty two percent ground ball rate. All the good pieces are there. That's yeah, what I love. Uh, and is that hopefully combo. he can stay healthy. But this is this is the type of guy that I would like to see Milwaukee go grab. And I again, I want him for where he's going to be, not for where he is. Okay, I, I can get behind all that. Luis Castillo is a guy that we've been talking about. I talked. Boy, about that was with, sexy you know, to watch. Uh, but I did want to get your I thoughts. I stayed up and watched him the other I, night. After listening to you guys, so I'm like, good. I got to watch this converted middle infielder pitch and see what see what he has. <laughs> and uh, well, and being 40 years old and doing it. No, I, how is it not a bigger story? <sighs> I did get one tweet. There's one person out there who enjoyed my stupid Miami Marlins Luis Castillo <laughs> jokes. Uh, but, you know, we talk about the, the devastating matchups that Homer Bailey had. Luis Castillo had yes, the same did. ones, and he comes out of it smelling like a rose, only gives up the four runs in Colorado, 12 and a third, 12 hits, two walks, four earned, 16 punchies, a couple of homers, looking really sharp, man. If he commands a walk in each of these games in those two environments – if he's commanding, there's no way Luis Castillo isn't in all formats play. I know that's a little bit of an obvious statement, but he is still widely available. I think he, I think he needs to be on a roster in Pounce. every league, even a ten teamer, because the upside. Just is go so watch two innings strong. of him pitch. 
That's all. Yeah. I mean, I stayed up. I stayed up to watch the first one. I was like, oh, oh dear. Uh, I also did watch um, Sean Newcomb, and we talked getting back to uh, Homer Bailey, where we said, oh, you can't touch Homer Bailey. Uh, and I think you guys even said you like Sean Newcomb, but don't touch him this week. And Sean Newcomb got blasted in both. He had to face the Astros and the Nationals, and the Astros just absolutely took it to him. What was really scary about that outing is. You know, you, you all talked about his curveball being his best pitch. He couldn't get to his curveball because he was throwing fastballs, and they were just coming out of their shoes to swing at him. And every now and then he would exactly. throw a curveball if he would if he could get ahead, and somebody would miss the fastball, then he would spin the curveball. I'm like, oh yeah, there, th- that's it. But they were just pouncing on fastball. He was falling behind, and then he would throw more fastballs again instead of trying to pitch backwards. And then they just let him let him in there for a little bit. Then finally they said, okay, you're out. Um, but you know he got himself getting back to the Astros on the road. That was the thing. Um, but yeah, I, after listening last week, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make mental. I'm going to make a note to stay up and watch uh, Castillo and and Newcomb. So those are those were my homework assignments, and I watched those two. I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw with Castillo. But uh, with Newcomb, you can see there is a, there's a learning curve there, and he needs to have more confidence in his curveball to use it when he's down in the count and not just when he's ahead in the count. Exactly, because like you said, once that fastball was getting beat up, he didn't stand a chance. Newcomb didn't. And those two tough starts, I mean, I know our boy Ian Kahn started him for at least one of those. Hopefully he got off the uh, the, the train for Washington, but if not, then uh, he's going to have to be treating a wounded ERA this uh, this this uh, all-star break. But uh, we do love Luis Castillo, and I, I continue to be excited. I wrote about him last week, and I said, you know, um, I'm getting him in every league, but it is a short leash. That leash lengthened this week. That that he showed me something even in two starts. I don't want to go overboard with it. He's not a must start guy, but I'm I'm getting him in any sort of league I can. Luis Castillo. Last guy here, Patrick Corbin. Let's wrap up with him. Uh, you know, guy I've been round the block with a few different times. Been I was hyped on his breakout season. He dealt with all the injuries. He's come back, shown flashes. This year he started off really poorly. I kind of put him on an island. I wasn't paying any attention to what he was doing at that point. Then all of a sudden doing pretty well again now you look at his last uh five, five starts i think he actually did did he start today um he allowed two runs on seven hits and two walks while striking out nine losing to cincinnati so add that add that in addition to 29 innings of a 341 era with 32 strikeouts and you got last six starts looking pretty good for patrick corbin uh where where are you considering him for leagues patrick you know corbin? one of the things if you go back and look at his six starts prior to that and you know getting back to my my mike fires theory if you look back at the the Corbin starts before this run, two homers, two uh, uh, gave up. Let's see, two homers, one homer, two homer, two homer, one homer, three homer, in a six start stretch, and then he's gone zero one zero zero one zero. So had to come down, right? So when you so your general theory here, and you call it the Mike Fires theory, I love that because you stayed you stayed the course with Mike Fires when really nobody else was. And then of course he gave that three run bomb. When the on homers Saturday are that too, bad, to, uh, Josh Donald's so like <laughs> no. When when the homers are that bad and the team's still running them out there, so we're saying that there's no injury concern to be worried about. That team is still trusting them. That's a signifier to you that you still trust them because natural regression just has to come into play. It has play. to. It has to, and that's and that's when you look at Corbin. They didn't yank him for the rotation. I mean, I'm not, I'm not nope. sure what uh, you know what other options they would have had, but they've left him in, and I'm sure. just uh, you know looking to, to pull up to see where things have gone since, and so we can include today's numbers uh, as we look at it. But when we look at you know again, this is a six six start swing. 
31 innings, 51 hits, 31 runs, 11 homers in that six-run stretch for Corbin with a 9 ERA. Over his last six, after today, 334 ERA. Uh, he's got 41 strikeouts and 10 walks, has allowed just two home runs. The issue, the whip's still high, 143, which makes him... Uh, I, I can't I can't use him in a twelve team mix with a one forty three whip. I could definitely use Mostly him because yeah, right? he's got forty hits allowed uh, in that uh, in that time. So that's that's really where I'm gonna I can't use him in a fifteen a twelve. I could use him in a fifteen um, barely, mm-hmm. but that that's a tough whip to roster. But the three thirty four ERA is definitely usable, um, and see, he's won two of these six starts, and that's the other tough part. So no ten, no that's twelve, bummer too, cause maybe fifteen. Team. Uh, and that's really it. Okay, so you're less hyped on him. I will say, coming out of the break at Atlanta, at Cincy, hopefully he gets on that first uh, first set there and gets to go to Atlanta, but then that would put him on course to face Washington at home on the way back. So actually, let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, no matter where he pitches in that Atlanta one, he would then have to face Washington. That's Patrick Corbin we're talking about. Um, and they go at Atlanta, at Cincy, Washington, Atlanta, at St. Louis to close out the month. That's a pretty tough yeah. run there outside of the Atlanta ones. So you're going to want to be careful with all of your uh, Arizona starters. Uh, 12 team. If you, I'm going to, I'm going to cap out and just say deep reserve would be the only case in 12 team. I would, I would at least put Corbin on the bench and spot him. If he gets uh, into the, the Atlanta series, at least one of those Atlanta series. But if, if it's a situation where you got to start who you have, I don't think you can trust Corbin. He needs to be managed. He's a spot start only. All right, Jason, uh, great talking with you. What do you got? What do you got planned for the all-star break? It's kind of the worst time of the year when there's no games that bums me out, but it does give us some time to kind of maybe step away from baseball, recharge. What do you you got? planned? Surgery is what I have planned for the week. I have to, as you you guys will be listening to this, I will be under anesthesia, having my rotator cuff and my labrum repaired and my non-throwing shoulder. I think Appleman's putting you on the 60-day DL yeah, tomorrow. Probably. Tomorrow. Backdated, and backdated to backdated up, to I, today since I didn't write anything. All I did was talk, or does this count as playing time? This counts, so we actually have to start the 60 days tomorrow. Uh, I have no idea who we're calling up, but you will be missed. I think you're still going to travel with the team starting after the one week after Oh, yeah, the I can still talk so next week. Uh, and, and, you know, by the, before we forget, because we've, we've gone all this distance, um, the uh, – we got the note that uh, we got the invite this week to come back to the first pitch Arizona uh, the, by Baseball HQ. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we'd love to every one of you. Uh, I, I I seriously mean this. If if I had to spend money, I me mean, Paul and I are fortunate that they comp our registration fee because we come and speak and do everything. Um, but we, uh, if I had to pay for it, it would be the one thing I would pay for. I would I would cut other things. There's no way I would. Um, it's November 2nd to November 5th and just go to baseballhq.com and and check out the uh, check out the link to it. But there's no way I would uh, I, I look forward to this trip every year. So much knowledge to be gained from uh, listening to the people talk, to going to the presentations, to watching games. Um, you know, we did the live podcast. The three of us got together and did the live podcast. I would love to do that again this year um, because I had so much fun doing that last year and uh, just highly recommend folks coming out Um, and I think there's a early registration fee ends at the end of this month uh, I believe so Mm -hmm. get on there it's it's worth it I I, you know you and I both know people that have gone to this 10 plus years Um, I was and I was just about to say do you think we have 100 I'm gonna say I think we have 100 percent approval rate for folks that we've said you've got to come out they instantly say 
loved it will come back. Like I'm not exaggerating when I say 100%. Doug Thorburn came out and now he's a staple. Uh, Sammy Reed, his his podcast yep. co-host. Bogman from from in this league fantasy, like uh, and then of course, those are just people in in the industry, folks just that are attendees that come out. I was, I was talking to Craig today. I was to talking to baseball. Craig today, a listener, to get him to come. Um, I've been dogging Ian about it. I'm going to see. I'll be in New York at the uh, mm-hmm. end of the month, uh, and uh, Kaz is hosting a uh, I guess a mid year party for the league that uh, Ian's in with Kaz, the one that I auctioneered, and they were looking at two dates, and they said July 27th to 31st. And I'm like, yo, well, I'm going to be in town on the 27th, so I'm going to selfishly vote for that day, and so it looks like they're holding it on that day, so I'll get to see everybody. You got to tell them all about it because I mean, it, it, it's it's so much fun again. November 2nd, and I'll leave, 5th, you know, Jen. Uh, um, I'll put Jennifer a said she'll come back. Uh, hopefully, her friend Kate comes back. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, you don't have to be a guy to come to these. There are some women there, and that's great. We want more, and we get more yes. women each yes, year, by do. the way. And we get younger every year. No, and then, but if you're an older person, don't feel like you can't come. I'm old as shit, but um, we got plenty of, of of. It's getting younger every year. It's such a great event. Honestly, I can't pump it up enough, and they don't even make us they just you know they invite us out and and say um you know if you can tell people do it i i I can't recommend enough even if i didn't speak i I, it's just so much fun and for me you know the world series ends i instantly go into withdrawals and then we a week later a week or two later we get to go out to arizona so can't recommend it enough Uh, i'm glad you brought it up because i actually yeah we need to make it a point uh, just keep pumping it up on all the other episodes we want to have more people there uh it's awesome I will put a link in the show notes. Jason, good luck with your surgery tomorrow. Let me know when uh, when you're out safe and and uh, and good to go. And All we'll right, talk man. Thanks. next week. Take care.